0: Summer break has flown by. No quote, next week is race week. Thank goodness. I, like, it was so fast,
1: but at the same time, it feels like it's been years since an F1 race. And I'm, I'm ready for uh, some, a race to take over my weekend again.
0: I, I think it's only been fast. Like, I blinked and we're here. And I'm not ready for the Dutch GP. Maybe if it was any other GP, I'd be ready, but I don't know if I'm ready for the Dutch GP. Fair, very fair. Very
1: fair feeling. I'm not ready for the Dutch GP. I'm just ready for a race weekend. So I'm ready it.
0: for there to be news. News.
1: Actual news, not right. Uber news. Yes, Right.
0: This is not an IndyCar podcast, but there is a huge IndyCar story that broke this week and it does have F1 ramifications so we're going to be giving you everything you need to know about Alex Pillow and the McLaren situation in IndyCar and how it's going to affect things in the F1 silly season. We're also going to continue our mid-season review. We have multiple podiums sprinkled throughout this episode. I'm personally excited to compare our podiums for best race weekends of the season so far. But first we are starting with a business and marketing story our favorite coda is encouraging attendees of the usgp this year to make friendship bracelets so we're going to break down the business reasons for this social media push As always, make sure to stick around to the end of the show for the Yellow Sector Notes, your rapid-fire catch-up on news for every F1 team. And that wraps up the Formation Lab for episode 30 of Gridwalk. I can't believe we're on episode 30, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, follow, turn on auto-downloads, and leave us a review if you're listening on any audio platform, all things that greatly help support the show ground or lined up on the grid, it's lights out, and away we go on this week's grid walk. You really will do anything for an alliteration. I
1: really it's will, it the just best. happens so naturally in my brain, too. I just love an alliteration, so I will form full ideas just to be able to use alliterations. Which is a fantastic... If our show...
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, if our show title has an alliteration in it, just know that Nicole wrote that show title.
1: it's, like, usually I'm just, that's wherever I start is I will just try to write as many alliterations as I possibly can that are F1 related. Um, And that's, yeah. It does happy things to my brain. It just scratches. It's like ASMR, like, in a type of way. But anyway, last week Brianna had some of her uh, mid-season podium moments, favorite moments of the season thus far since we are at the halfway point. So now it is my turn. Um, We're going to be going over some mid-season moments today, but I need to start with my favorite podium parties, a.k.a. my favorite podiums, favorite moments that just podium celebrations that I was just a little bit more jazzed about than other podium parties. So starting with... P3, the podium at Silverstone. A P3 for Lewis. It felt really good. It felt really deserving. It was like he really just showed how hungry he was and kind of what he could get the W14 to do and be able to do. Um, we were promised a lot at Silverstone, so it just felt very good to see a Mercedes on the podium and let it be Lewis at a home race. P- P2. Monaco. SD Bestie. Esty Bestie on the podium. So many things had to happen to get him on the podium, including, like, cars flying in the air throughout the weekend. But Esty Bestie, P3, in Monaco. Don't care how it had to happen. It happened. Happy for it. Just a oh, bright, shining moment of the season so far. And my P1 podium party. Spain double mercedes podium if you literally need to go back and rewatch our celebration on this podcast just because we didn't need to hear about any voice of reason and just celebrate a double mercedes podium you need to go (laughs) listen back to it because it is so much fun it was a great day we got to be a little delirious for a little while and just be like mercedes is back and are they we don't have to get into that right now it was fun. That's not what this podium is about. Great podium party <laughs> back in Spain.
0: Your Pirelli P1 hat is really fitting for this uh, podium you here. Did, you know? Um, did you think yeah, about I, that ahead of time? Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I said I have a podium about podium, so I guess I should wear my Pirelli hat today. Koda <laughs> very recently, gosh, last week, maybe it was the week before. I think it was last week. Yeah. It was, was promoting, sent out a tweet basically everywhere on social media, encouraging attendees of this year's United States Grand Prix to trade friendship bracelets. Make F1 friendship bracelets, bring them to the Grand Prix, and trade them. Holy moly, the implications of what this means and the influence of where this came from. Oh, it opens up a can of worms that we could probably talk about forever and ever and ever. And we could start in a million different places. Um, But I think where the most crucial part of this, I think, to start with is we did this last year. (laughs) And I'm going to dive into the mission of it right now. A year ago in October, of 2022, Brown and I went to CODA and we traded friendship bracelets. And if you're the cool kids on YouTube, you could see them because I'm wearing them right now. We did not discuss trading friendship bracelets. No. We, on our own, made each other friendship bracelets, got to our hotel, and we're like, I made you these! And it's like, oh my god, I made you these! Just such a natural, like, girlhood friend thing to do. Right. Which says so much about who they're trying to communicate to when posting
0: a message like When I saw this social media post, there were so many layers of me freaking out. There is the layer you're talking about where it's like, this is so funny because we did do this last year. You and I were like, friendship bracelets, this is so fun. And we made friendship bracelets that we actually, we both made Mercedes and Ferrari friendship bracelets for each other. Uh, But the other side of it is, I don't know if I've ever seen a social media post from a F1-based organization or a motorsports organization that I felt something was more directly speaking to me. There are definitely things that I'm like, oh, that's, like, I'm in that demo, like, that's for me, etc. But this was a very targeted are you a woman under the age of 35? May I interest you in attending a motorsports event? And would you like to trade some friendship bracelets? And they, the image, uh, if you didn't see us pop it up on the YouTube video, um, was on the track and they had a bunch of friendship bracelets made and like a wooden uh, cutout of the circuit. Um, there, There was no mistaking this for anything else. This was, come trade friendship bracelets at this event. Uh, now, I'm going to leave it to you to talk all the Taylor Swift and like how the pop culture-ness that friendship bracelets have now become. Uh, but the marketing side of it real quick is the biggest thing that this screamed to me is that Coda has someone really smart in their marketing department right now that looked at the demographics of their social account of their ticket purchasers. And it is clearly heavily young women because there's no, there was no accident. This was not like, oh, might as well just post this. This was a very strategic post by the circuit of the Americas social media accounts to talk to young women, like young, not straight white males, anyone else is essentially who they were talking to here and the uh that's always going to feel monumental in the era we are in in motorsports because i think we all know that the growing population and the most vocal active fans right now are young women they're the ones creating communities online they're the ones uh, generating buzz around the sport they're the ones spending money and investing in parts of the sport like merchandise but I—it's always a big deal when someone is identifying that on the F one side and then taking action on it. it. Makes you feel seen. It's excited. It's it's exciting. Like there were so is, many women at the event last year.
1: Yeah, it is uh, definitely like potentially the most seen I have ever felt in this right. whole sport. Um, so friendship bracelets are a thing right now. It's they're like very trendy. They're booming in pop culture. I do before like anyone. I always like to you know like to provide disclaimers of like for like a very very long time in like rave culture. Candy bracelets yes. and friendship bracelets have been a thing. I am in no point saying that Taylor Swift invented friendship bracelets because that's not at all like no, what we
0: I, did it before her song even came out. Correct.
1: So. <laughs> With all of this, acknowledging rave culture, shout out to, like, I love the, like, unity and everything, and, like, there's so many places that we see that this means something. So, all of the fun facts of the Swiftiness, Midnight's is an album that came out last October, was legitimately the same weekend as Coda, Uh, my face was melting off, I literally don't think Brianna has ever witnessed me experience a Taylor Swift release of something, and it was my first F1 race, fully weekend in person. It was like a lot of emotions and a lot going on. And on that album is where the song You're On Your Own, Kid, which has the lyrics about the friendship bracelets that then inspired Swifties to be making friendship bracelets for the Eras Tour. Now, I've gone to the Ares Tour four times.
0: I flex. Ha- subtle. Not <laughs> subtle. Flex. <laughs>
1: Huh, so not subtle flex I was online for literally eight hours and like whatever mm-hmm. not the point of this, <laughs> this is not a Swiftie podcast the enjoyment and like happiness of trading friendship bracelets throughout all of these different concerts and experiences and age ranges with moms and dads and like all these different types of things is so unbelievable and it's just become such a bigger greater thing that now not only are other musical performers doing this. I was just at the Jonas Brothers this weekend, and they were also encouraging their fans to do the exact same thing. Sports teams are doing this all the time. You're seeing every single like NFL team, or like when a major when there's a major city and Taylor Swift is in that city, all across all of their social content was like interacting with athletes and friendship bracelets because you're appealing then to your like that female demographic, and it's relevant right now. And it's just so crazy how you can take such a simple thing and it becomes. Like, such a bigger piece, but also an invitation of, like, a community and unity of things. Because there's something that, like, when you give someone a friendship bracelet that has, like, a certain message or a certain meaning. And, you know, like, I made you friendship bracelets that were specifically Ferrari and Carlos and, like, and Charles and Lewis, And we love a box, box, box. And you're able to, like, create a connection with somebody. So having a organization like CODA acknowledge that. Acknowledge... That, you know, this is probably larger female demographic and inviting them to participate in that activity at a motorsport event really says like a lot about like where the sport has moved in terms of its fan base. Like just given the activities, like could you imagine five years ago that they would be having friendship bracelet training at an F1 race? Like it would make
0: almost no sense. Well, yeah, like, you would have never seen that. And I think people would have wanted to do that. But even just the increase of women feeling more comfortable and accepted, even being able to go to races like there have traditionally been a ton of female F1 fans, but they didn't always feel comfortable, uh, putting themselves out there in the community or being able to go to races. So not only are more women attending races and feeling safe and accepted there, but now it's like, Hey, let's do this fun thing that we do in other spaces here. Um, and then I will point out that it doesn't like, it's not actually that it's friendship bracelets. Like the act of, um, just like having something fun that was handmade and trading them is something that can go on in any fashion. So I want to point out that um, there's an account on whatever the app for, formerly called Twitter is was called, called Mama G-Force. And she's a huge IndyCar fan and goes to tons of races every year. And her whole thing is that she brings handmade buttons that she gives out to anyone who comes up to her and it's like it's a similar idea like they all have funny sayings on them inside jokes um and so this act of just creating connection points is traditionally a very um female action (laughs) that we're having here and while friendship bracelets right now are the trendy option for it i just i like anything that is encouraging like positive wholesome crafting anything that gets anyone to craft is just a fun action in my opinion and
1: it's a great like as to your point like such a great way of like starting conversation and starting like being able to like to build a connection i mean at all of these taylor swift concerts i had like i had made surprise i made so many friendship bracelets and i had them organized by album so i would be going up to another fan and i would say what's your favorite album what's your favorite song? And I would be able to move to the bracelets that are specifically for, like, what they would like. And I could just imagine being in an F1 race and having, like, a set of bracelets for every single team and being like, what's your favorite team or what's your favorite driver? And it's such a great way to, like, connect people and expand and make that fan base, like, so much more stronger. Oh, my gosh, I want to go to CODA. I want to trade friendship bracelets.
0: Yeah. Like, it'd be so much fun if it wasn't just us. Like, we just had so much fun being like, I made you this thing. But I... I love seeing these accounts get more and more comfortable um it, talking directly to women who make up the F1 fan base because it's um it's encouraging it's really encouraging because I think what your that what that also means is that they're inviting more women into uh strategic conversations like And, or they're at least looking at other fan spaces to see what's popular. And like, like all of those things is F1 leaving. It's like very traditional bubble. And it's like, what's going on over here? And that's just, it's just smart marketing beyond the fact that it was specifically talking to me and it made me and you feel seen in this instance. Like it's, it's smart. Like it's it's where the money is. Like we've like, I've, we're again, not a movie podcast, but Barbie is making incredible money right now in a movie market that is not uh, making any more money right now. Like Movies haven't made money post-pandemic, and Barbie is in contention for being the highest-grossing film ever right now, if it continues at this pace, and that's because of the purchasing power of specifically young women. That's
1: like legitimately my second day at Lala I wore a shirt that said hi Barbie and I made bracelets that said hi Barbie and anytime someone walked past me and said hi Barbie I would give them a hi Barbie bracelet and it was like the most fun I've ever had. It was like absolutely incredible. Then there was like someone at like a, one of the like refreshment stands. It was like, hi Barbie, what can I get you? And I was like, I just want a water. And they're like, here you go Barbie. Like wouldn't even let me pay for it. Like you just get like such great genuine interaction. And it's just like, it's one of those like simple acts of kindness things. So it's again, it's the, the being seen. It's like the time of the era of like types of things of like to your point of right now, Barbie being as big as it is. It's like you go out and you see everyone dressed in pink and trading friendship bracelets. Like, there's a certain type of different energy in companies or races or organizations, anything that you want to label that is taking advantage of that is not only making the smart decision, but they're making the lucrative decision because any company right now that is willing to be making some type of high barbie or friendship bracelet or like acknowledging like this period in pop culture, I would love to support and be a consumer of because hello, it's me. I love feeling seen and I love being part of like a great thing in pop culture.
0: I am. Unbelievably sad we're not going to CODA because I know you and I would show up with like arms full of friendship bracelets and just ah. I'm sad. I'm sad. I have so many beads from the Air tour.
1: <laughs> if you had to give a friendship bracelet to Louis and a friendship bracelet to Carlos, what would each of them say?
0: Ooh. okay Um, so this is where my extra gene comes out and I don't just want it to be like still I rise and smooth operator. Like that feels like very on the nose and like, I wouldn't, I would need to be clever. So I think Lewis's would probably say, uh, Roscoe with like little hearts or paw prints if I could find that. And it would of course be purple. Of course um carlos is i'd probably go with it's still basic but i probably would go with stop inventing because it's my favorite quote ever
1: (laughs) i love stop inventing um wow i did want you i feel like i have to go with smooth operator for carlos i want lewis to have a hammer time bracelet or like roscoe's dad (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good. Yes. No, it would. It wouldn't just be Roscoe. It would have to be Roscoe's dad. You're right. OK, but I'm going to throw the question back at you. And if you were going to make one for Daniel Ricardo and one for Charlotte Claire, who what would you make them?
1: Um, so I would make a matching um, one for Mr. Daniel Ricardo to match me. That says if you are not the cool kids on YouTube, it says Honey Badger. And although this is outdated colors, so we would have to update the colors to no longer be orange. Um, and blue, but you know what? I would give him a Honey Badger or an Enchante.
0: Charles... To uh, buffer time for you while you're thinking, um, I will throw out here that Charles wears a friendship bracelet that someone gave him that says Forza Ferrari, which I think is really cute and also just goes and shows the trend of like this is something that's been bubbling in the F1 space for a while. Like last year, people were giving Lewis bracelets. This year, Charles got and wears the Ferrari bracelet. And I actually believe Daniel Ricciardo sold friendship bracelets at some point this year. He did sell friendship
1: bracelets. He actually has done I think at least two different iterations of Enchante yeah. friendship bracelets. Or yeah, to go with his latest like merch drops, which were pretty sick.
0: I felt um, like it would be remiss not to say it. But Charles yes. Leclerc, what would you Charles what would Leclerc. you make?
1: Give up. No, that sounds so mean. I would not do that. Oh to my mind. gosh. <laughs> Just no. like give up a Ferrari. No. Just like, come on. I would honestly probably make one that's just because like that would just be too rude and mean. Um, Just like a red and white one that would be like Monaco or like get like a piano charm or something. Because I think I would just want to like give him a message of like, don't trust Ferrari, but I don't have enough letters on that. And his wrists don't look that big. Plan A. That's what I'll give Charles
0: that's what i would give every ferrari fan but it would be like plan z or like all the way around (laughs) you know what i really want to do like i don't want to give drivers friendship bracelets i want to give team principals friendship bracelets i want to give
1: oh gosh i'm thinking
0: I want to give, like, Fred Vessor a bunch of friendship bracelets, and they could say anything, but I just, like, want to see the interaction of having to, like, go up to him and be like, this is for you! And him being like, okay. Fred would love it. Fred would... Yes, I think
1: he would lean into it. His is gonna be, like, here for a good time. Like, that's Fred's. Yeah. Fred's is, you know, and then, like, Matias shows up, like, next season with, like, I'm back, you know? Like, it's there... Oh, wow. I could... There's someone sent me to, love to see... give the whole grid. We can give them all <laughs> custom bracelets, and
0: I want to see Toto get confused because I think of everyone. Like I don't think he'd be rude, but I think he would be confused about why this is a thing. What
1: do I do with this? What am I supposed to put this? Yeah.
0: And I think Susie would be like, "You wear it." <laughs> like
1: I would like give I think... Toto one that says F One Academy. That's what I would do.
0: <laughs> I'd give Toto one that just says Susie. <laughs>
1: Susie Hart. Mm-hmm. Make it big enough a first cast. <laughs> anyway, we love friendship bracelets. Friendship bracelets are a great idea. Shout out to Coda for taking advantage of this moment in pop culture and just like really leaning into it. If you're going to Coda, please make friendship bracelets. Send us pictures of them. We have such trauma. We are so jealous. And hopefully more races will do this soon.
0: Let us know in the comments below which driver you would give a friendship bracelet to and what it would say well we couldn't do a mid-season review without talking about mid-season paddock fashion so nicole has a podium of specifically lewis hamilton paddock fashion moments of the season so far i have a overarching paddock fashion moments of the season but i will say it's mostly lewis hamilton anyway but i didn't limit it i did look at everyone's paddock fashion moments it just kind of turned out this way
1: I looked at everyone's
0: and made mine all Lewis anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we're going to start with Nicole's Lewis Hamilton Paddock Fashion Moments, and then we'll see how many overlap, and then we'll do my podium of Paddock Fashion Moments of the season so far. Woo!
1: Okay, I'm sharing my screen so Brianna can look along with me, but in magic Brianna editing fashion. And if you're the cool kids that watch on YouTube, you'll see on the screen. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: Yes. And I also want to point out, at least for me, I picked this based on how much I personally went (gasps) when it happened. I don't know what your criteria was.
1: Yeah, um, I just, particularly ones that I felt extra like <gasps> about if right. that's going to be like right. our like but i feel like every weekend we're just whenever you know lewis or joe or like someone arrives in an outfit that's an outfit we're like whoa clothing like it's you know but particularly joe and Louis like do something
0: right um, i just want i didn't want people to think we were like evaluating this based on any like fashion rubric it was just our personal I would be so
1: honored that someone thinks i have some type of fashion rubric that's not lululemon aligned leggings or (laughs) like a formula one packs on t-shirt like thanks no i'm here to be like wow that's fashion anyway (laughs) all right share your screen let's get anyway so starting with because as soon as i share my screen Brianna will be able to see that i have an honorable mention And I do feel really weird about it being an honorable mention because I did make a really big deal about this outfit when it was worn. My uh, honorable mention is the Spanish GP neon green Versace matching suit. It is... Yeah. Uh, I raved about this suit for days and days and days. You did. It's my honorable mention.
0: It just shows the level and bar because I didn't even put this... On my honorable mention. And I have five.
1: I could have had five. There's one that (laughs) if it's not on your podium, I may need to bring up because it just deserves the Lewis. Okay. We'll get the mission, but we're not there yet. Okay. My P three of Lewis paddock fits Bahrain GP race day. It is the day of the all Dior brown fit. It's the scort, half scort, kilt, pants. I don't know. He to me looks like he should be in Star Wars. I love this outfit so much. What are these sunglasses? It's all Dior head to toe. So This oh was
0: Lord. This was an incredible moment, but I will point out not only Lewis, but I'll bring that up later. Okay. He, but yes. Yes. Incredible. P2, British GP,
1: day two. It is a custom Louis Vuitton fit from Pharrell's line that Lewis was just at. It's this red and blue. I love when, like, there's so many Louis Vuitton outfits that I wanted to put for P2, but this is the one that stood out to me. One in Miami also really stood out, but I tried to also only pick one outfit per race weekend. I absolutely love when he's in custom fits like this was perfect for Silverstone. And my P1 Lewis fit. I will be dreaming about this fit forever. Miami Grand Prix race day. The custom Rick Owens sparkle jumpsuit. I want to wear this to the Everest tour in October of 2024 at Hard Rock Stadium. It's already been there. Lewis, let me borrow it. Oh my goodness, I, breathless, speechless. I have no, I have no words. It's the best outfit i it's my favorite outfit lewis has potentially ever worn which is a lot of a
0: lot that's that's strong words i just remember waking up that morning and seeing these photos and specifically the videos of him walking through and hearing your screams via voice note like i felt like i could hear them across the country
1: This is the Iris tour. This is an outfit dressed for reputation. Like I can't even, I I, 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 I can't, I need- Nah, this this
0: is speak
1: now. I just, oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you, Rick Owens. Thank you, Lewis Hamilton for serving Fitz. And now please, Brianna, if you would like to share your favorite fashion moments of the season thus far that include not just Lewis,
0: but mostly just Lewis. Well, mostly Lewis, which is fair. I always forget until we do something like this that our personal fashion taste is very different. Unbelievable. Because the only thing that overlapped is that Rick Owen's purple jumpsuit is one of my honorable mentions. The
1: sparkle jumpsuit is an... We are, hi, everyone. This is the last episode of Gridwalk. Thank you so much <laughs> for coming to the podcast. It's been a great 30 episodes. This is the
0: end of it's my lewis p3 if that changes anything
1: no that's not what your podium is yeah Uh, this is why this show works
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) okay so rapid fire here are my four other honorable mentions british gp day one which was the custom white jumpsuit that had his number on the back Saudi GP Day 3, this was where he wore the sleeveless black top with the tie. Waist, waist, waist. Incredible. That's that black top? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: It was, on, it was on the chopping block it was yeah uh-huh yeah
0: by the way these honorable mentions are in no particular order but this is the order i wrote them down um uh, this next honorable mention uh technically i don't know if it counts as a paddock fit but miami saturday night he wore this acne studios top that was only had one button and it was like a tie-dye and the pink pants and it just killed me She's
1: going off. She's now leaving paddock fits. Around. I just needed to. Uh, I, know, I needed to Talk I about I that
0: outfit. That's why it's, it's not on the podium.
1: That outfit's though. worth
0: mentioning, right? Um, and then Joe Guan Yu, Kid Super, the art matching set from Australia G- Day two.
1: That's your honorable mention. If I guess, if if the whole podium's not Lewis, then what else? I can't even think of any. That was the only Joe outfit that I remembered.
0: And I loved that Joe outfit, but it didn't make me squeal as much as my P3 Joe outfit. P3 Monaco Day One Joe Guan Yu. The skirt pants. Dior, the Dior sleeveless moment, the skirt pants. And I screamed, 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 screamed. Because this was this man saying, I am here to make fashion statements in a way that is not just comfortable street style. P2 is Lewis Hamilton, Baku GP, Louis Vuitton, Kids Supper art face thing. I don't see again fashion. This screamed, 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 screamed. I needed it in a dress version.
1: This reminds me a lot, but now I don't remember what. I mean, I feel like it has. To, it's very similar to vibes like early on in the season. We had like the denim with the skeleton, like painted in bleach. Hopefully. Yes. Yeah. I,
0: know it, I know what you're saying, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm not actually good at fashion. I can just tell you when something makes me squeal. <laughs> this outfit, I was obsessed with. And apparently, I just really like this kid super collab that Louis Vuitton did because my P1 is Miami GP Saturday walking in with the sparkles.
1: I love this fit so much.
0: I, it's really hard because, like, I understand that he just went for sparkles for Miami GP weekend but this is my version of the purple jumpsuit so like the way you screamed about the purple jumpsuit on sunday this was me screaming about the sparkly like louis vuitton logos on saturday
1: Mm -hmm. and it's such an inspirational outfit pierre wore to the fashion show at paris fashion week (laughs) weeks later weeks later yeah no i this i remember this day too yeah all of the miami gp fits it was the full-on Eras Tour moments of all the sparkles. I just... Lewis really was on something else in Miami. As so many of it, who Reference, I've also been in Miami. But that's, like, it asks for it. It's so the vibe of it. And he definitely took advantage of that setting,
0: so... Right. Year one, it was also the highlight of the year. When he did the full pink fit. Like, yeah, I just... And this year, Lewis really understood, oh, it's going to be sunny and the paddock is going to be on the field so I can have sparkle moments and it just, that whole weekend. The
1: best, like, custom fits. There was also, I'm sure you saw it, like, he had a custom, like, Prada jumpsuit that was the yellow and the purple and I was like, I want to pick this so bad. Lewis knows what he's doing, but again, you're new here. We talk about this quite often and if you're not, you know this already.
0: We're an F1 podcast. We're not a General Motorsports or an IndyCar podcast, but there actually was really big IndyCar news that overlaps with F1. So if you're listening to this and you like drama, you're going to like this crazy story I'm about to tell you about the McLaren team, Zach Brown, a team in IndyCar called Chip Ganassi Racing, and Alex Pillow. So, Alex Pillow is the 2021 IndyCar champion. He is currently dominating this year's IndyCar season in a Max Verstappen fashion, except except that's a spec series over an IndyCar. He's winning races by 30 seconds and everyone's driving the same car. This man is very good at doing the race carring. So, Last year in 2022, Alex Pillow decided that he really wanted a shot in F1. And Zach Brown came over and whispered his little Zach Brown things and was like, hey, you know who has an F1 team? McLaren. You should come drive for McLaren in IndyCar. And Alex Pillow said, I like that idea. Let's do this. Now, for context, this was way before any Oscar Piastri stuff came out. So at the time, McLaren had a very struggling Daniel Ricciardo and everyone very publicly knew they were trying to fill that seat. So I could see why Alex Pillow was like, hey, I'll go do it a year with the McLaren IndyCar team and then I'll get shots in F1. Also, Alex Pillow is currently, well, maybe not anymore, but up until this week was one of the names in McLaren's development driver program. So his relationship with F1 uh, with McLaren in F1 is that he it was supposed to be getting an FP1 practice. He gets car testing time, which he's already done this year. So he has had a beneficial relationship. So last year, Chip Ganassi Racing put out a notice for the 2023 season announcing Alex Pillow as their driver. Like, Alex Palou, still under contract, still going to be a driver at Chip Ganassi and Alex Palou on July thirteenth, which is notably before August second, where Oscar Piastri tweeted his thing, tweeted out. I have recently learned that from the media that this afternoon, without my approval, Chip Ganassi Racing issued a press release announcing that I would be driving with CGR in 2023. Even more surprising was that CGR's release included a quote which did not come from me. He then went on and he followed that up with a couple more tweets giving more information. This happened two weeks before we got the Oscar Piastri stuff. And Alex Pillow then came out and said, no, actually for 2023 this year, I signed a deal to go drive for McLaren in IndyCar. All of this played out in court. Guess what? Alex Pillow is currently driving for Chip Ganassi Racing this year in 2023. He's fulfilling the last year of this contract. And everyone knew that he was Signed this contract with McLaren, and for 2024, he was going to go drive for McLaren. Except that's no longer happening. So how do I summarize this as quickly as possible? But apparently, even though technically legally this wasn't allowed, Alex Pillow, according to Zach Brown, had already had a contract signed for the 2024 season with McLaren. And this week, McLaren put out a statement that said that Alex will no longer be their driver in 2024 and that Alex has decided to stay with Chip Ganassi and he's reneging on this contract. And of course, Zach Brown is flaming Alex Pillow to the press. You had a contract with me. How dare you back out on it? Completely ignoring the fact that last year he had convinced Alex to back out of his Chip Ganassi contract. Then it comes out that Alex's management, which is called Monaco Insur- In- Monaco Increase Management, they didn't know about this either, and Alex Pillow is leaving his management company. So the management company put out this statement this week. Monaco Increased Management is bitterly bitterly disappointed to learn about Alex Polo's decision to break an existing agreement with McLaren for 2024 and beyond. Together, we had built a relationship that we thought went beyond any contractual obligation and accumulated in the winning of the 2021 IndyCar crown and tracing a path to F1 opportunities. We'll come back to F1 opportunities in a second. Life goes on and we wish Alex all the best for his future achievements. So now we have... McLaren flaming Alex in the press because he's reneging on this contract. Then we have his management team flaming him in the press because he's reneging on this contract. All this goes with like, the fact that, (laughs) frazzled, but apparently Alex Palo wasn't even allowed to contractually negotiate a contract for 2024 with any team that wasn't Chip Ganassi until September. It is August. (laughs) Now, Zach Brown is in the press saying that they had already actually paid Alex money. Then people are refuting that. Zach Brown is really angry. Everything's on fire. I will point out that um, a lot of the really good reporting in this is coming from IndyCar reporting Jenna Fryer. Um, So she does reporting for AP Sports um, and is on the IndyCar beat. So she is like a fantastic person to follow for all this reporting. But she reported that this McLaren contract you needed, you needed to, uh, this McLaren contract for 2024 IndyCar for Alex Pillow had an out if he told the team by July 1st that he got an F1 seat. Now it is August 15th, but we don't know when this happened. We just know when this went to the press, which was this week. So keep that in mind. There was an out for an IndyCar, or for an F1 seat. Now, Chip Ganassi, who runs Chip Ganassi Racing, which by the way is one of the top two teams in IndyCar? He doesn't talk. That's his whole thing. Zach Brown, all Zach Brown does is talk. Chip, Chip doesn't talk. But Chip released a statement. Statement from Chip Ganassi regarding statements made by the management of McLaren. Anyone that knows me knows that I don't make a habit out of commenting about contract situations. By the way, with everything that happened last year, never released a statement. They didn't say anything. They handled everything behind the scenes, even though McLaren was yapping away the whole time. Subsequently, I have been quiet since day one of this story, but now I, must feel, now I feel I must respond. I grew up respecting the McLaren team and their success. The new management does not get my same respect. Alex Pillow has been a part of our team and under contract since the 2021 season. It is the interference of that contract from McLaren that began this process, and ironically, they now play the victim. Simply stated, the position of McLaren IndyCar regarding our driver is inaccurate and wrong. He remains under contract with CGR. So, where does this leave? Now that you've been caught up on IndyCar drama, Basically what this means is that Alex Pillow very publicly and in a way that really angered McLaren has said, no, 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 not driving for you next year. It got Chip Ganassi finally to make a statement and Alex Pillow is connected to both the Williams and AlphaTauri F1 seats for next year. There's a lot going on. And if you don't know who Alex Pillow is, whether or not he ends up in an F1 seat, this is just a story worth following.
1: Did what I blow your brain? <laughs> what a, it's just a circus, and like, I, just hearing it all at once, and I've like been following the story of stuff. Yeah. This, like, legitimately, there is nothing more dramatic in this world than motorsports. Like, I <laughs> am, it, it, I don't know how it continues to surprise me, but even the statements themselves, and just oh my god. Like the, uh-huh. the repeated, I remember last year, the situation with Alex blow and then Oscar is just like the doofensports meme of like, it's so weird that, you know, this would ever happen. <laughs> like if I had a nickel for every time this happened, I you know, I have two nickels, like that whole meme thing. Like it's, it's bananas and crazy. It would be very cool to see Alex blow in F one. Um, I'm currently, in my brain, a little partial to other drivers in certain seats, maybe within Williams and within Alphatari, if I'm thinking, you know. not Okay, well, I feel like needing to disclaim, but we'll then land on the tire topics for some of those. But it's crazy. It's it's also just crazy that McLaren is tied to both of these situations. Like, what is happening? Who is... What are these meetings happening in the McLaren office? Like that that's just like, okay. Like we're just going to go like blow up everyone's spot? Like what? Is that just the meeting plan A, blow up everyone's spot? Plan B, do it again. Like what?
0: Yeah. It's it's definitely weird because of the Oscar Piastri parallels. I do think Oscar Piastri's situation was so different because Oscar Tech wasn't under contract. That's why he is driving for McLaren right now. Um, the Alex Pillow thing, like, I'm not getting gonna, gonna get into the contract details, even though it did, like, the verdict was he had to g- remain with Chip Ganassi. Like, I do think there was some ambi- ambiguity there. Wow, brain is melting. Too much reading. Too much reading out loud, like, I was in the fifth grade and had to, like, read a passage from a book. Uh, but... What seems to be decently reported at this point, that is worth digging into by a journalist somewhere, is why is Zac Brown going around to offering F1 opportunities to all these IndyCar drivers, and when are they going to stop believing it?
1: Right, this was like, I remember last year it was started out as the joke of like, McLaren collecting drivers like Infinity Stones. Well, like, kind of for real, it just seems like they're trying to get as many drivers as they can to, like, sign their careers away so they can just, like, have their pick. But then it's, like, really it gives me the ick. Like, I have no other way to describe it besides, like, McLaren's just trying to, you know, get everyone to sign a piece of paper so they're like, Mine, 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 you can't play. These are mine. My drivers, not for you. Like, it's weird. Like, maybe you don't have your you know like little sister team to like build up and work through so you just want to have all of these drivers contractually obligated and then you just have your pick from it's skeezy it feels gross see
0: like but, but putting it that way it's like yeah like dri- sign a bunch of drivers to a development program what's like particularly skeezy is it's the indie car aspect it's like oh yeah like come to our indie car and like maybe you'll go to our F1 team but they haven't proven that they would ever do that like pado was really freaking fast but, like, he was never an option. He was already driving for the team, and he was never an option to replace Daniel Ricciardo. Like, I guess I would love to have seen a world where they didn't get Oscar Piastri just to, like, see the chaos actually play out of, like, which of these IndyCar drivers maybe, or maybe they still would have gone outside of IndyCar. Like, it's a... It just I... also, it, To me, it almost feels like they're
1: having... Like, Zach Brown is, like, sitting down with coffee and having the same conversation with, like... Everyone
0: right, it does give guy. off that vibe. <laughs>
1: Like it literally seems like he's going on like a like you know it's like oh here's your date I'm gonna like it's like John Tucker must die and he like sits and gives you
0: the same exact spiel oh my god John Tucker is Zach Brown that it unlocked an insane memory from my brain I loved that movie as a kid um yeah I I think it's a really bad look to try to be playing the victim right now when mclaren was the one that tried to get alex out of his contract early last year which is why again i think it's different than the oscar piastri situation where oscar didn't have a contract i think it was completely fair for them to go after him but i what they did in the alex situation was trying to get him out of his contract early and like to be now going to the press unhappy that I'll, that uh, alex has decided not to sign with them next year is like you can't play the victim like he can't, someone, but so, but it's like, and frame out. the Chip Ganassi press release, please. Like, oh. someone just hang that up.
1: Someone starting with, I don't come out, you know, I don't speak about a lot of things. But so, like, who at McLaren is writing these tweets? Like, who, like, what, <laughs> like, or who, what's, where's the chat GBT database of, like, how do I formulate a tweet of an announcement that was given without my permission because it's like creepily so similar
0: but i guess to be fair to mclaren mclaren never announced it chip ganassi announced that the driver they had under contract was going to remain under contract right and alpine was dumb. No, so,
1: but, Alex, but Alex's tweet itself sounds so much like Oscar's tweet.
0: Oh yeah, but he was talking to Chip Ganassi because at that point he thought he was going to drive from it's McLaren. It's all yeah, too confusing. It's all too confusing. And it's just, if you had, I, I don't know, but I would love, like, we have two outcomes here. We have outcome one, which is that Alex is going to remain at Chip Ganassi Racing, which is fine. I guess they can continue to dominate the sport in a way that's painful. Or he exercised and out on the McLaren contract because he got an F1 opportunity and I'd be really hyped about that like he's fast get him in a car not that the Williams or the AlphaTauri like F1 is so much more of a career game so it's not that he's going to come over and be fast immediately but I want him in a car doing a decent job against a decent measuring stick so we can see if he's fast and then fast in an F1 car and then he could get a real seat like He's dominating street and road courses. Like he's not doing great on. It's not. Well, he's also doing well on ovals because he's just too fast. But like, it's not like he's dominating ovals, and that's disproportionately making him dominant in the IndyCar series. This man is winning a spec series by thirty seconds on street courses. All right, ready. No
1: thoughts. Don't think about it. Whose seat is he getting next year? An F one. Go.
0: Alfatari. I think one of the Alfatari drivers is going up oh, to Red Bull because I think Sergio Perez oh, I guess. is leaving.
1: Okay yeah yeah so are you putting yuki or are you putting this is the whole you got to answer the whole trend we're going to go oh. the whole terminal line who's moving? i i mean
0: i think that uh, like, i don't like, think it matters i think it's going to be liam and alex and either yuki gets it or daniel gets it i don't see yuki or daniel staying at alfatari even though i get that they're like there's all this talk about yuki like re-signing with alfatari but like all the Alphatari drivers just have Red Bull contracts and they're on Alpha they're at Alphatari on loan. So if Yuki's renegotiating a contract, it means he's renegotiating his Red Bull contract and it doesn't matter what team he's driving for.
1: It's basically what McLaren is doing with IndyCar drivers. But <laughs>
0: I'm well, sure. yeah, but like comparing to Red Bull, like, yeah, McLaren has literally said we're going to run our IndyCar program like As... our Red like Red Bull runs their F1 program. And no one likes how Red Bull, oh. Red Bull runs their F1 program. Um, no, I mean, I actually, I want Alex Pillow to end up in an F1 seat this year for the same reasons I wanted Colton Hurta. I just want fast drivers to have opportunities in F1. And like, I'm not under any silly illusion that we actually have the 20 fastest drivers or the best drivers in the world. We just have the 20 drivers who got opportunities in F1 at a time that worked out so they had enough like money and maneuvering and like all the politics that go into this. So if there's a really fast driver somewhere, I want them in F1. And that's It's
1: cool and exciting to see a driver who is successful in another series then be able to also then be successful in F1. Like people talk yep. about like the greats in the past and like like okay. we've previously talked about on short form content like it's cool to see Fernando Alonso getting to do like Le Mans or you know do other th- like it's awesome to see drivers try other like series. Disciplines.
0: Yeah. What? Right. It would be really cool. Uh but I I personally if I was had a rooting interest, I Anyone I want to succeed, I want to end up in that Williams seat because then you have the Mercedes pipeline. Right. And I think that's much more reliable than the Alva to Red Bull pipeline.
1: I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. But, but we won't make it. We won't I I want to want make No, we can't, we can't get into the Mick Schumacher, but we do not have enough time. I talk about it in the L sector
0: notes. So let's get to those.
1: All righty. Favorite F1 races so far? We, again, mid-season. Next week, we're back in a race week. This is a great time to reflect on the race weekends that we can just look at a little bit more fondly and maybe just made us a little bit less sad than other race weekends.
0: (laughs) All right, I think we're going to alternate back and forth. Um, I predict that we might have the same P1, but I'll go first so you can end with your P1. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm
1: actually feel like we're we may not. I don't know. We'll see. Where okay. We're going. But, I did
0: this as like the race weekend as a whole because if I only thought about the races, I wouldn't have a podium because oh, it would just be. So max. we're gonna probably have the, the same P one. If all right, wait, wait. Before ready. we say anything, before we do this podium, leave in the comments below on the YouTube video what you think. We are talking about as RP one, and if you guess correctly, I'll, I won't be that impressed, but I will be happy because it means you listen to the show.
1: We will provide you a theoretical trophy in the form of a trophy emoji because this show has zero budget. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway. Okay. So uh, I do have an honorable mention, but I'm going to skip it. P three for me was the Monaco GP, <laughs> flying cars. We spent the entire week hyping up being like, Mercedes is bringing the B-Spec to Monaco. Like the general craziness of it. Like, yes, it was frustrating to watch Lewis only be P4 and some other shenanigans, but everything else that made it my P3.
1: My P3, Hungarian GP, Daniel Ricciardo's, Daniel Ricciardo's return. That's it. The only reason why. Legitimately only reason why Daniel Ricardo is back. There's no way Danny Rick making comeback could not be on my podium.
0: Lewis was on pole.
1: I, I correct, and I'm telling... When I look back forever, I will remember that weekend as... On, as when cuz Lewis will continue to, I know I will see Lewis do greater things than when the like we saw him on pole that weekend but I will remember that that is the weekend that Daniel Ricciardo made his return
0: I know I, I just know. I just need to like have a moment here where Nicole said I'm putting the Hungarian GP only you could have said I'm putting it on my P3 because Lewis was on pole and because Daniel Ricciardo's return It was but Daniel saying- Ricciardo's return weekend it would have been on my
1: but it would have been on my podium if Lewis was not on pole. I'm being so honest right now. No,
0: I know, but I just, the phrasing and the fact that you're like, who cares about Lewis being on pole? And I'm like, they could have both factored in. Honestly, I just
1: didn't want the Hungarian GP on my podiums.
0: <laughs> All right, well, my P2, uh, Silverstone. Uh, Lewis home race Lewis podium at his home race yay Silverstone my P2
1: is also Silverstone (laughs)
0: Lewis home race (laughs) on the podium there you go we talked enough about it's also just my favorite track and it's always a good race weekend Mm -hmm. and etc right, so my P1 is Lewis was on pole at the Hungarian GP
1: (laughs) and my is Monaco, because it was wild and there was flying cars. I didn't even
0: I'm so disgruntled. We had that whole conversation. I was so sure. Nicole, we literally sent each other voice notes screaming bloody murder. (laughs) There were no words after the Hungarian GP. I was so sure we were both gonna do... I was so sure we were gonna be so hyped about the floor
1: of the Red Bull i love us this is great everything backwards and everything you get the every single
0: week that's so funny my honorable mention by the way is spain because it was really fun to like lean into the bit that mercedes was back and there was the double podium and like now it i think i look back and spain is less fun now because of everything that's happened since but in the moment the spanish gp was a hype time yeah,
1: yeah. It was, again, as I had on, on one of my other podiums before. It was a great podium party, but we don't have to talk about the aftermath. Okay, if you
0: guessed the Hungarian GP in the comments below, you're going to get a podium with a little lightning boat, or a little trophy with a little lightning boat. And if you guessed Monaco in the comments below, you'll get a podium with a little sunshine.
1: Hello, yay. Wow, look at that so many things so many opinions.
0: We were so sure that we had the we same so one. sure we were so sure Wow whoa oh. oh boy Welcome back to Yale sector notes not the fastest walk around F1 but we will complete a full lap around the paddock hitting almost every F1 garage its summer break and the new cycle has come to a dramatic halt so we'll go back to hitting every F1 team next week when the season really picks up again. But we'll start out with Ferrari. Ferrari is rumored to run a livery at Monza, celebrating their 24 Hours of Le Mans win this year. Uh, There's also rumored to be matching merchandise.
1: There may have been some leaked photos on some social medias, and it's giving some vibes that Charles and Carla should practice. Would you like fries with that when wearing them?
0: I also love the idea that the historic Ferrari race team that can't win races right now needs to support the Le team at the Italian GP this year. Like there's just politics in that that I find hysterical. Which leads me to my next story that I'm actually really hyped about and We should do a full segment on in the coming weeks, but reported by racefans.net, the International Olympics Committee is evaluating the inclusion of motorsports for the 2028 games to be held in Los Angeles. Do I know how that would happen? No. How would that work? Who would be included? Doesn't it feel a little late to be talking about Olympic games in 2028? All true, but I'd be hyped. That sounds really fun. There are rumors swirling linking Mick Schumacher to the second Williams seat, depending on how Logan Sargent performs for the rest of the season. Max dropped his Dutch GP merch, including his special helmet. F1 is rumored to be exploring a DRS ban in qualifying their latest attempt to change the best part of their weekend product. I won't waste your time today explaining how this would actually help Red Bull, not hurt Red Bull, but if it is confirmed, expect me to go in. Um, that is the grid walk for August 17th, 2023 completed. How was my sector time today, Nicole? Better than summer, <laughs> Faster than
1: summer break has come to an end. Thank you, as always, to VoiceOver Man. Thank you to Circuit of the Americas for having a stellar social media team that just knows how to communicate to the right demographics. And to our beloved four-legged executive producers. Oh man, it's been a long day. If you are an audio listener, please don't forget to turn on auto-downloads, follow rate review the pod take two seconds to give us a little bit of review commentary what do you like what do you want to hear us talk about if you're watching at YouTube hey first off you look gorgeous today then subscribe like the video leave us a comment let us know what friendship bracelet would you make and for what f1 driver you heard the ones that we made up before all of these all of these things really really help other people find our podcast and we really appreciate you doing them share us with your fellow f1 fans and then make sure you follow us for your daily grid walks on every single social media platform you can find us at gridwalk show on instagram tiktok twitter threads any social media platform you'll find us there we'll be back to walk the formula one grid every single thursday and we sincerely hope you will join us today felt like a grid plod not a grid walk
0: Plod, plod. My new goal for tomorrow is to integrate the word plod into some oh. part of my day. Just, I just need to bring it up. I just want everyone. I will. Yeah, uh-huh. You're right. Grid plod rebrand.